Previously on Myth Tarot Love, we examined the astrological sign of Virgo. Today's show will focus on Libra. Myth and Tarot Where do the ideas go? Let's talk about stories, stars, and symbols And all of the above Myth Tarot Welcome to Myth, Tarot, Love, a show about ancient stories and new-aged wisdom. I am Biddy, your resident classicist. And I'm Rose, your resident tarot practitioner. Welcome back, everyone. Hello. Hope you had a wonderful month. Yeah, I hope it was a good Virgo. Mm-hmm. A good Virgo for you. Uh, like, and, and a happy Libra. <laughs> and a happy Libra to all. <laughs> a happy Libra, a happy birth. We actually know quite, or I know quite a few Libras. Yeah. So happy well, birthday to you've all got Libras. a Libra ascending. And moon. And a moon. Mm-hmm. A Libra's, so Libra is a big influence for you. It really is. <laughs> That's probably why we get to along uh, so well, because I have a Gemini moon. So Gemini and Libra are very nice, compatible ah. moons there. Yep, I think yep. someone said that before. I remember this. Or you said that. Probably you. I might have. I might have said it a long time ago. I think so. I think as we started this podcast. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. So moons tend to have to do with your emotions. And uh, if you have uh, a moon in a particular sign that is uh, the same element as another person, we call it trine. Oh. Right? So there's actually different ways that... Um, planets will interact together mm-hmm. and that's there's there's a whole spectrum that we look at actually when we start looking at compatibility between different charts and that's actually our theme for Libra <laughs> this month is partnership um, because Libra is ruled by the seventh house which is the house of partnership which is often looked to as um, which is often looked to for marriage and and all that. And Libra themselves are a very uh, partner-oriented type of sign as well. Mm. They tend to um, do a very good job of reflecting others, and they work very well in groups. Um, Although they are a cardinal sign, if you remember, cardinal, uh, there's cardinal, fixed, and mutable. Virgo was our mutable earth sign. And now we have our cardinal air sign, which means that Libra is very good at starting things, Mm. very good at beginning new tasks and new projects. And uh, when it comes to air as well, so you've got a lot of these themes of truth and communication and people connecting well together. Uh, When you you add that to the cardinal aspects, you end up with um, a very strong sense of justice and Interestingly enough, Libra has actually had a huge influence on our society, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't know if you know this, but the Libra sign, the symbol, uh, is represented by the scales, mm-hmm. right? And the scales are also used as the symbol for the justice system. <laughs> um, so you've got you've got literally Libra right there in the courtroom <laughs> that's representing. Um, that's representing a huge part of our society, mm-hmm. right? Um, the scales also make their way into our language. Uh, we when we talk about pounds, right? Um, I don't know it. 
you know, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're using a non-metric scale, you'll talk about pounds and, and all that, but in metric, you use kilograms and grams. Um, so the non-metric scale, you've got pounds, and it's represented with the, the letters LB, and that actually also stands for Libras. So we are literally talking about Libras. How many Libras do you weigh? <laughs> um, yeah, so Libra is kind of all over the place in our, in our culture and society. It is now because of the Greeks. <laughs> because of the Greeks, yeah. Well, the Greeks... Uh, meant the same thing then. We kind of appropriated it. I'm kind of reminded of my big fat Greek wedding. Totally. <laughs> it's like, it's all Greek. Give me a Greek word and a Greek word and I'll tell you how it comes We're, from Greek. Yeah, so um, there's a lot of partnership. Let's, let's talk about Libra, mm-hmm. shall we? So um, Libra, represented by the scales, I think... The most important value to Libra is balance, right? And when Libra is a strong influence, as it is for you, Biddy. <laughs> it really is. And for me, I guess, like, when I think of my moon sign, it's how do I see myself? Mm-hmm. Um, how do I view myself in my life? And what do I try to kind of achieve? And balance for me is a huge one that I'm always striving for. Am I actually reaching it? That's debatable. Emotional but. balance too, right? So Oh, emotional, physical, like everything, all aspects. Yeah. Right. And you've got two cardinal signs in your chart too. Because oh, okay. the Capricorn mm-hmm. is also a cardinal earth sign. Oh boy. So you've got a so lot of... So I can of start things. New projects are like are like water to you. New, yes. <laughs> new things I can do. It's sustaining. Well, I don't know. I think you... I think the ideas, like the sparks are there. It's the then actually like, okay, do I actually want to follow through on this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I feel like so many times we just get pulled in all these different directions mm-hmm. and it's it, it's uh, nice to know what you should commit to, but not always easy. <laughs> no. And I find I definitely struggle with making those decisions. So despite having kind of those sparks and those, oh, I can do this and this and this, it's like, I don't know which one to choose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, I think sometimes Libra might have that issue as well, because mm-hmm. in this idea of finding balance, sometimes um, uh, Libra influences will kind of swing back and forth, like to almost to the extremes, mm-hmm. right? So Libra might want to go all the way to the other side uh, like of, of one coin and then to balance it out, do the complete opposite mm, <laughs> kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, but one thing I noticed is uh, when, especially when working with people, Libra has this tendency to kind of mirror back uh, what the person is giving off. So it's kind of like whatever emotions that per- they're, the, the Libra is with, um, they will just start to emulate them and kind of reflect them back to the person. And it's almost like they start becoming a mirror image of the person that they're with. And it's not so much that they're losing themselves. It's that it's kind of a a way to make people feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. And it's a way maybe to get like a balance of harmony in a relationship maybe, or even just in a conversation. Well, it's like this idea that they need to be, um, they need to have this, the same strengths, um, in order to balance the other person. Mm. But, uh, as uh, one of my favorite Libras says, if we were both the same, one of us wouldn't be needed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Libra is also ruled by Venus. This is our second sign that is ruled by Venus in that we've talked about. The first one was Tauros. And 
if you remember, Taurus had a lot of sensuality that Venus was imparting, and Libra definitely also has that sensuality, um, but it's not as physical as it was um, in, in Taurus, which is an, a strong Earth sign, right? Mm. A fixed Earth sign. Um, instead, when you get this cardinal air combined with um, Venus, the planet of love, you get this, uh, you get this real uh, care for aesthetics. So, like, the Libra tends to have definitely an artistic flair, a real appreciation for the arts. Like, I think if Libra isn't necessarily an artist, they are at least a patron of the arts, mm-hmm. um, where they will want to support especially local artists. I've noticed that a lot of people with Libra influences care a lot about making sure that um, their environment is beautiful and that there is that sense of harmony, um, aesthetic aesthetic harmony as well, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that Venus, planet of love and beauty, kind of is a, a big influence in that aspect. Um, if I were to relate it to a card, I know that, okay, so Libra is an air sign. Mm-hmm which is masculine. But for some reason, I always think of like the Queen of Wands <laughs> when it comes to when it comes to Libra, even though the Queen of Wands is kind of fiery, but I just think of the Queen of Wands who has charm and charisma. And uh, I, I think of her as, as definitely being a Libra. <laughs> um, That's fair, because like, yeah. like we said before too, like the, the Queens and Kings don't necessarily have to be a male or a female it can just be that masculine feminine energy that's true yeah that's very true and um obviously also whenever i think of libra the number two comes up again and all of the twos so this is, is kind of similar of to gemini scales or why do you think yeah, of two? i think of two and particularly the two of cups because the two of cups mm-hmm. is about like a balanced relationship mm-hmm. and uh, a, a committed partnership that is moving forward and particularly legally mm-hmm. moving forward um so I, I i see kind of that legality and the balance of that of the twos of the two of cups yeah. as opposed to like the lovers say yeah i don't well the lovers are there the lovers are are i think but not quite as much like, that mm-hmm. temptation aspect yeah isn't so much what's driving the Libra. Mm -hmm. The Libra is very much more driven by the idea of what is balance, right? Um, And, you know, they might give their all in one area of life and then feel the need to go out and give their all in a completely opposite area of the life, and that way it's balanced, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so uh, another another card is the Two of Pentacles which is that idea of work-life balance and trying to balance all the things. And um, that would also definitely be a a Libra-influenced card. Uh, Anyways, so how is Libra, like, what what stories are involved with Libra? That's a very good question. So um, before maybe I say that, just you talking about that balance that just made me think of both the Greeks and the Romans, the Greeks, they definitely really like the idea of balance, but more in like moderation. So mm-hmm. it's this term temperance. Temperance, yeah. yeah. So they call it suffrosine. So it's this, yeah, definitely an ideal of not going too far, not going 
beyond yourself. Um, yes. That they held. Um, but also, as I was doing my research for today, I came across something. But I don't, I can't say that it's for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> but apparently, let me see where it is here. That the the association of this constellation of Libra with the scales was first established in the first century BCE by the Romans. So it may have been that um, the moon was located in Libra when Rome was founded in the 8th century BC, and therefore the Romans favored Libra because of its association with balanced seasons and equal length of day and night, which I think is kind of interesting Mm. that, again, they both have that interest in balance, but in different ways. Yeah. And use it in that in different ways. So I think that Libra's... So like the Greeks looked at... Had balance in a different way than the Romans. And more did. of an inner sense, so I would say more of like a cups sense <laughs> of right. like balanced emotion, balance, um, the your inner life, whereas the Romans I think were more outer focus. Ooh, so it's like the two cups versus the two of pentacles. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could be that. Um, but yeah, so when it comes to Libra, definitely you were mentioning, you know, balance and scales. That's definitely there. Symmetry. Um, symmetry. The yeah. scales of justice um, literally come from DK, which is the goddess of justice, which we yeah. talked about in our justice card episode. Yeah. Um, can't remember which number that is. It's <laughs> one of the early ones. It's, what, it's, a, it's in it's the a, major arcana. It's in the major arcana. <laughs> so you can go back to that one. Um But much like um, Virgo, there are many different ideas surrounding who or what Libra represents. Um, What I find was kind of interesting is that this is the only zodiac sign that's not represented by an animal or a person, but by kind of a thing, an image, an idea. That is so true. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's an object. Yeah. Um, It's more of a a concept than a live being. Exactly, which is why finding a story... (laughs) (laughs) That's <laughs> a little more difficult, but that's okay. Right. So, um, like I said, Libra um, itself can represent um, balance and justice and harmony. And therefore, I'm going to associate it with um, Themis, who is the goddess of um, justice, but but more law and nature's law. Um, we I spoke briefly about her in episode, I think it's 22, the judgment episode. Right. Um, I think I talked more about the judgment of Paris because I was like, oh, there's not much about Themis, but now we're talking about Libra. I'm like, well, I got to find some stuff yeah. <laughs> to explain about her. Um, so Themis was a goddess. She was a goddess. She was a titaness um, or titan goddess, which means that she was one of the cho- children of Gaia and Uranus, so earth and sky. Um, the Titans were a generation of gods who came before the Olympian gods did. So we've talked about them. That's, you know, Zeus, Poseidon, Hades, Hera, mm-hmm. um, those um, ladies. So Themis means are, are things established or the unchangeable laws of the universe, who personifies this notion that the world is governed by rules. Yeah, so that made me think of you <laughs> a little <laughs> bit in physics. and I, I, I do... It is a hobby of mine. Uh, yeah. I do love love the physics. I'm like, maybe you can, you can help a little more in that. I don't know. But I think that's, I guess, what I think of when I think about her and laws. I think less of kind of man-made laws and more of, like, laws of nature or just how things are. Like, mm-hmm. gravity. I don't know. Like It's like, this is there are things you can control and things you cannot. And the laws are the ones you cannot. 
Yes, they are yeah. just mm-hmm. there. Um, and yeah, so there was also an oracular shot in, in Delphi, which I've talked about in regards to Apollo before, um, but it actually belonged to Themis before Apollo, before he kind of kicked her out and took over. So mm. um, she is there as well. Unfortunately, like I said, there isn't, doesn't seem to be much mythology surrounding her. Um, she would have taken a part uh, in the Titanomachy, which again, I've talked about before, a battle between the Titans and the gods. Um, and she would have been on the side of Zeus and the other Olympian gods, which is odd a little bit because she is a Titan. That is um, interesting. So she was fighting the Titans. She's fighting even the Titans. Yeah. She was herself a Titan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's almost like, like, sorry for interrupting. No. <laughs> but it's almost like the, like she, since she is the Titan of justice, it's like she was saying the gods were correct. That be, those gods were correct. Yeah, that they yes. were the right side, the the just side. Mm-hmm, exactly. And the same with, uh, that's why um, Prometheus was also on the side of the Olympian gods. Ooh. Prometheus is the god of foresight. Right. So he could see what was going to happen. Um, so he kind knew of the knew, winning side. Exactly. <laughs> knew who the winning side was. Um, but actually having her on Zeus's side was really important for him, not only to win, um, but also to kind of establish his his dominance and power afterwards as well. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, he overtook his father, who overtook his father. So uh, we see this kind of line of, as- not ascension, but... Dethr- the rightful king. Yeah, and dethroning. And yeah. so... Um, by having, you know, this idea of law and order, he was really able to um, kind of maintain his word and his integrity and govern by law, but instead of force and just, you know, on his own whim. Right. Um, Which, and I have a side note here, I might say, is (laughs) is the difficulty a little bit um, in studying classics is that, you know, we have a lot of information um, a lot of it is on the male gods or on yeah. male characters. Yeah. Um, whereas the goddesses and women kind of play a supporting role. They don't really have a lot of agency in themselves, maybe a little bit, but they're not kind of the star character. So mm-hmm. that's not to say why, you know, I'm not telling a long story about her. It doesn't exist or there's not much. So There's not much that's written about her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, normally they're associated with either you know, their husband or their parent father um, or their children, which is what I'm going to talk about next, is that <laughs> she did have end up having several children um, with Zeus. So she was one of his early wives before we get to Hera, huh. um, who is her, his final wife and, you know, queen of the gods. Well, when you marry the goddess of marriage, you kind of stuck. <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't escape yeah, that. That's, that's your yeah. end point there. Um, so they do have several uh, children. So, um, they have the Horai, which are the seasons, and the Moirai, which are the fates. Ooh. So the Horai uh, personify the divisions of the agricultural year um, and represented it as women holding grass, grain, and fruit. So, again, if we think about law and order in nature, we have seasons. That's not something that we can change. That's something that's kind of ever-present. Yeah. Um, same with Horai or the Fates. Um, the Fates um, establish, you know, the allotment of each mortal receives in life. So essentially, you know, how long are they going to live? That's also something that we can't, well, in quotes, can't control, <laughs> really. Yeah. We don't know how long we kind of have, and that's kind of up to them. That's, that is That's true. how the Greeks perceived yeah. um, their life, that it was up to the Fates, that not even the gods can intervene 
on whether it was someone's time or not. And we see that in the Iliad a bit, but yeah. Um, that's all that I have about Themis, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But you want to ask me about love? I did, yeah. I, um, so I wanted to ask you about partnerships because that is kind of the theme of mm -hmm. uh, of this episode is uh, how how were partnerships viewed in ancient Greek Greece, really? They were viewed as, it depends on who you ask. <laughs> <laughs> like, did love exist? <laughs> I think that it did. Yeah. Um, I think that we definitely see more of, say, marriage as being something that needed to be done that you know there, it was arranged mm -hmm. that's not to say that love wasn't present or that people didn't get married because of love but it was definitely seen as a means to children yeah <laughs> um like i think marriage for love is kind of a a, con a newer concept really yeah i think it depends on the place and the time and the society um not to say again that it couldn't happen and even in rome we have examples of it happening definitely but we also have examples of marriages for political gain and for so, so I, I also think it might be like you know socioeconomic status and that yeah. could also play a bigger role in whether you're marrying for love or with someone yeah well uh, that's still that. very much like present today in a lot mm -hmm. of marriages and mm -hmm. uh in particular like in different cultures um you know the the prearranged marriage is still alive and well mm -hmm. and functional mm -hmm. and, and some people yeah. are very happy in those yeah. marriages and again they develop love um out of it that's not to say that that doesn't happen mm -hmm. it's a little outside of my culture so i feel i feel hesitant to talk about it <laughs> But I, I still think it's kind of a fascinating idea because, mm -hmm. um, you know, sometimes I like to talk about culture as uh, being whatever you consider to be normal. <laughs> it's like, oh, it, I call this normal. That's my culture. <laughs> I know it's not a perfect definition. No, it's, it's just a, kind of. Yeah, I'm just trying to think how, how I can wrap <laughs> my head around that. <laughs> yeah. Is it's, what you consider to be normal? Well, no. Well, like. Like, like, whatever like, person, yes, that's whatever what I, that's person what will you. call normal, that is their culture. And so when different kinds of normal clash, you know, that's culture clash. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's kind of just my really simplified way of trying to personalize and understand it, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so when I start talking about other people's normal, I feel kind of weird, like, oh man, I don't know if I'm going to do it justice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think because for me personally, studying different cultures that aren't yeah. my own, yeah. I guess maybe I don't feel, <laughs> at least with certain things, I mean, it just depends on how much I know about it or don't, and I'm definitely open to being like, I don't know everything <laughs> about anything, um, and so... Like, a more personal yeah. question for you, Biddy. what mm -hmm. did inspire you to research cultures that weren't your own oh gosh I, I know it's kind of out of the blue <laughs> no that's okay <laughs> so you want you want the story of how I chose classics I do the other yeah so it was kind of random so I was at a nerdy card tournament nice was, was and, this magic yeah <laughs> magic the gathering <laughs> so I was there one day and chit-chatting with someone just trying to make small talk and I knew that they went to university so I'm like oh you know what program are you going to just again trying to make some small talk and right. they said that you know they're taking classics I said 
cool, what's that? Like most <laughs> is people that music? Say. Yeah. I'm like, okay, like, what is it? And he explained, no, you know, it's Greek mm-hmm. and Roman history and myths, and we get to, yeah, talk about the gods and all mm-hmm. these stories and take language courses. And my response was, you can get a degree in that? <laughs> like, what? Because um, I'd been thinking about going back to school, and so when I, again, yeah, realized you couldn't get a degree to learning about all these things, I'm like, yeah, sign me up. That's what I want to do. And so... <laughs> just gripped your heart. It really did. It really, really did. And so that even continued into my master's because I wasn't planning on doing a master's in classics. And then mm-hmm. the fates, speaking of the fates, kind of decided I was having a hard time making the decision. <laughs> like I was yeah. saying, yeah. I had a very hard um, time making big decisions. And so my partner... Um, was said to me, okay, well, will you let the fates decide? Ooh. I said, sure. <laughs> yes. And Leaving it up to chance. I left it up to chance. So I took a D20, which is a dice with 20 sides, and divided it up because I had a couple of other programs and places that I was thinking about going. Divided it up, rolled the dice, and it landed on the program that I ended up doing. Wow. Critical hit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so... You definitely left it up to chance and to the fates there. And I didn't yeah. expect this story to be quite so nerdy, but it, it I is. am so happy right now. <laughs> Super nerdy, <laughs> which is me in a nutshell. That's wonderful. Yeah. Um, well, in our last little bit of time, mm-hmm. I was hoping to uh, share with everyone our the the, the spread. spread. Yes, the spread yes. for this this month. Uh, it's a very different spread. So a lot of the spreads that we do um, that we've done so far have been. Uh, kind of personal growth in in that particular uh, sighing's spirit. Uh, but this one, I very much made a partnership uh, kind of spread. So um, originally I was creating it as kind of a love romance couples spread. Uh, but then uh, Biddy started asking questions like, oh, well, could you do it like between family <laughs> members? Like, could you, or like between it, friends? Or yeah. And then I realized that oh wow, actually the spread is very much just like the way that people lean on each other and support each other. And uh, I realized that my my perspective of love should actually be much more grander. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I yeah. thought of it as a relationship spread. Yeah. So thank you for opening that up because mm-hmm. I, I it makes perfect sense mm-hmm. now that yeah. There's so many different kinds of relationships mm. out there, right? Um, so, yeah, this is the Libra relationship spread, and it is symmetrical, as a Libra would like it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically divided into a left half and a right left half and a right half, and um, you've you start with the heart, the mind, the spirit, and then you observe how uh, each partner supports the other. Mm-hmm. Should we describe what it looks like for people? Uh, well, okay. So you've got kind of like a foundation of four cards on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And then you have four cards on top, but the two middle cards are leaning on each other. Yeah. Right? So, uh, and it's inspired by the symbol of Libra mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. As, as they all are. Yeah. I'm just a visual <laughs> person, so. Oh, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, okay. So when it comes to the... So we, we observe the heart, mind, and spirit. The heart and mind are make up the foundational base, um, and then the spirit is allowed to grow on the top, as well as observing the ways that each partner supports the other. So the first one we look at is the heart, which is um, representing the desires, instincts, and attractions 
uh, between the partner like what's drawing you towards that partner um, or that relationship and then you ha- we have the mind and in the mind we look at um, the functionality of the partnership the, or the relationship uh, as well as communication skills um, and the way that communication flows between uh, the partners and then uh, afterwards we look at the spirit which is a point of growth so the way I've also done it um, is that we look at heart and mind first for partner one and, and partner two, and then we look at spirit for partner one and, and partner two and, and so on, right? So uh, spirit is way, I, I believe that every person is always drawn towards uh, the way that they're growing. So in this case, I, I'm saying this is how, um, this is how the relationship is helping that part, part of that part of the relationship um, to grow, right? That person, and then uh, finally, it is how is how is each partner actually supporting the other? Um, yes. So, like I said, I yeah. will post, um, or you will post. I can post it now. Yay. I have a Facebook account. Yeah. I feel like I'm so I'm such a noob. <laughs> like I uh, I feel like I really should have. Uh, maybe been born in like an older time without the social media because I suck at it. <laughs> well, technically we were born in a time without social media. That's true. We came, we, <laughs> we saw it grow yeah. and it didn't exist before. Nope. And I... Uh, we use that as our excuse. <laughs> I'm good with it. That is a great excuse. Um, but well, either way, it will be posted onto yeah. our Facebook um, page, which is, I think, just Smith. Or Facebook.com slash Myth Tarot Love. That's correct. Or group slash Groups, something like that. The Myth Tarot Love group mm-hmm. on Facebook. <laughs> on the Facebook. And if you would like to share your spread with us, that is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it is fun to see you guys doing the spreads and hearing your interpretation and uh, and how they're working or not working for you. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we, this one worked. We did one for our relationship before we, did, we, yeah. uh, we started, and I thought it was pretty good. I highly recommend having both partners present. It, yeah. It was really nice because, like, I felt like especially with the um, mind part, like the communication part, um, it was almost, like, insightful. Like, I pulled up a card, and I wasn't really sure how I like how I did this for you or, mm-hmm. or how you did something for me. And like you were able to give me that insight of how I was communicating with you mm-hmm. or whatever. And similarly, I was able to do that for you because we pull up the other card and you're yeah. like, oh, what does that mean? I'm like, I think this means that. And <laughs> and it really did kind of create more of a bond that way. Mm-hmm. So I <laughs> highly recommend it. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to have the other person there necessarily, but I agree that it is helpful Oh my gosh, see that. we're running out of time, and I really wanted you to talk about uh, the poet. Oh, you want me to talk about Sappho? Oh goodness, yeah, yeah we are kind of out of time, so I can do uh, a Cliff Notes-ish version. So, um, yeah, so you're, you're asking me before about love and love in the ancient world, and yeah, how um, is it viewed? How is it viewed? And it made me think of the poet Sappho, um, who was a woman and a poet. And yay, <laughs> we don't have very many. Shout um, out to all those. the women poets. <laughs> yes, I mean we don't have any many of those from the ancient world, and so it's nice to have kind of. The, and she did write love poetry, so it's nice mm-hmm. to have that perspective um, from a woman's perspective. Right. And she did write um, about some of her students. It seems like she was um, a teacher of sorts, and so 
um, yeah, she'd write about her students and about other people and things. And so um, some of her students were also female. So some people do question, well, you know, what kind of a relationship did she have with her students? Um, you know, whether yeah. it was beyond the, the normal, quote unquote, you know, student-teacher relationship. Yeah, or if it was more romantic. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but one thing I will mention is the island that she lived on, which is called Lesbos. So, Lesbos. Yes. And so is that where the word lesbian I comes from? I want to say yes, because someone that lives in Lesbos is a lesbian. Oh, my god! So that is where kind of that... That idea yeah. first originated. Mm-hmm. It was just, as you know, as, as you say, like an Athenian or a Spartan a lesbian this is crazy like just the idea of how how these stories have shaped our vocabulary that we use Mm -hmm. like modern in modern times Mm -hmm. all the time and it's crazy we have no idea where these things come from this is why you take greek and latin (laughs) you get to learn all these cool things (laughs) um yeah so uh my words of wisdom today actually come from my husband who who had a, a really great speech at his sister's wedding um, that we just went through. We, we went to actually just a, a month ago. And um, I w- it really took me by surprise. And I was like, oh, wow, he really understands partnership. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I wanted to actually share uh, a, a snippet from it as my words of wisdom for this week. Um, so he said that uh, in... In a partnership, there is no winning or losing, because if one of you loses, both of you lose. If one of you wins, both of you win. Um, It's not about one person putting in 50% and expecting the other person to put in the other 50%. It's about two people putting in 100% and ending up with more than the sum of their parts. Stories, stars, and symbols, and all of the above. Myth, terror, love.